Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello, and welcome back to the Action Network Podcast. This is our golf edition. I'm your host, Peter Jennings, and as always, joined by Jason Sobel. Should be a really fun week, Jason. We have the Farmers Insurance Open. We got the stars, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Tiger Woods. We have a break with football. Uh, we're on the grind of the NBA season. So I think this is the premier gambling event of the week. Uh, I'm really excited for Tory Pines. How are you doing, Jason? And are you as excited as I am about this golf event? Peter, I'm great. I am fired up. I mean, this is the week when golf finally takes the back page headlines, takes the first segment on SportsCenter, all of those good things on the sporting landscape. I know, Peter, that some people think, you know, okay, the golf season starts when the PGA Tour tells us it starts, which is back in September. Some people say, okay, it doesn't really start until Kapalua, you know, the first of the year, first week, and getting through the new year. Some people kind of say it doesn't really start until the Masters, which I always thought was weird. It's like, what, the first three months don't count? I, I think, though, and you know, even though you and I and a lot of other golf nuts out there paid attention to uh, the Century Tournament of Champions, the Sony Open, the American Express last week, man, this is kind of the unofficial, official start of the golf season. No football this week. So many big names, Tiger, Rory, John Rahm. Hideki, I mean, Ricky Fowler, I can go on and on. Uh, a bunch of really good players playing this week. I, I think this is going to be a tremendous event. And one of the things that we've seen at the Farmers Insurance Open over the last handful of years, Peter, is that it's not just a bunch of big names in the field. It's not just a, a lot of expectations. It's it, Usually it fills out those expectations. Usually we see a really good leaderboard at this golf tournament. Yeah, and I anticipate we'll see the same. I'm really excited to see Tiger, who I thought looked really good in the offseason, feeling healthy. Obviously, Rory, who had an amazing year last year. Obviously, didn't win the major, but uh, had one of the best golf seasons we've seen since vintage. Tiger did win the players. He's the big favorite here. John Rahm, who we talked about last podcast, someone we're both very bullish on. And then, you know, after those three, you still have Xander, Hideki, Woodland, Rose, Fowler, Finau, a bunch of really, really good players. And last week, I thought we had, you know, quite a few uh, good players show up. Ricky Fowler had a, a good tournament. And I want to give you credit. Scotty Scheffler came out and just was on fire. And, you know, didn't start off on Sunday very well. At least he closed somewhat strongly to finish second. Uh, Landry did have a really good week. Did you have any final thoughts uh, on the American Express? I love Scotty Scheffler's game. Love everything about Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler is kind of on my list right now. Yeah, and you know what list that is. Not necessarily the, uh, the nice list. It's Santa's naughty list right now. I, I mean, I'm sitting there going into Sunday saying, okay, he's tied for the lead with Andrew Landry, four clear of anybody else. Landry is a guy that had missed five straight cuts, seven of the last eight. You usually don't go from zero to 60 in professional golf. You don't go from, hey, I was trying to get the car started to, hey, I just won the Indy 500. It doesn't work that way. You got to kind of build some momentum, 
get your way up there. And I thought, okay, look, if that's the main guy that Scotty Scheffler, who I picked to win, has to contend with, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. And lo and behold, Andrew Landry goes out there and plays really strong golf down the stretch. He faltered, but came back the only player in the field on Sunday afternoon to birdie those final two holes. That was the difference. And he was able to beat Scotty Scheffler and Abraham Anser and everybody else out there. And more power to Andrew Landry. And, uh, I, hey, look, we'll keep getting closer. I mean, my three winning picks so far this year, I had Dustin Johnson at Kapalua. He was seventh. I had Morikawa at the Sony. He was 21st with a final hole three-putt bogey that was really ugly. Should have been a lot better than that. And then Scheffler uh, this past week just narrowly – missing it, at least uh, trying to force a playoff, not winning the thing outright. So we're, we're getting close. We're warmer. You know, it's like when you're trying to uh, find something when you're a kid, your parents are like, you're getting warm, you're getting warm. That's, that's how I feel right now. Like we're getting warmer. So I feel like we're ramping up to a really good week starting this week. Yeah, we're trending in the right direction. I'm really excited. This is the best field we've had, like you mentioned, and uh, hopefully we can pick a winner. We'll obviously talk DFS as well, but I think the first thing about the Farmers Insurance Open is Torrey Pines. We have to dig into this course. Obviously, it's an historic course. I'm a huge fan. It's beautiful to watch. What are your course notes, and what type of players are you looking to target here, Sobel? I mean, obviously, it's a long course. Uh, the South Course plays at some 7,700-plus yards uh, each day. And, and so you've got to hit it out there, but you can't hit crooked either. You can't just go out there and say, okay, I'm going to hit 350 and sideways and see what I can do from the rough. So total driving to me is a really big factor on this golf course. We've had a lot of the courses. It feels like over the last few months, going back even into the fall where uh, I'd say ball striking was uh, the number one priority for me when I was looking at players. I want guys who strokes gained, approach shots, tee to green, guys' proximity to the pin, those kind of numbers like that. This week, though, I'm looking at total driving, and that's probably why we've had so many uh, really good winners and contenders over the last handful of years because total driving tends to be some of the better players. I mean, if you're a really good driver of the golf ball, you're a guy that hits it consistently in the 295 to 300 range and hits, oh, 60 to 65% of your fairways. I mean, uh, it's tough to score really poorly when you're driving it that well off the tee. So uh, I think those are the kind of guys this week that I'm looking at. And one note, Peter, uh, for those who are looking at whether you're making a, a showdown lineup on DFS, whether you're looking at a first-round leader, there is a palpable difference between the south course and the north course. And for, for those who – Maybe don't pay attention necessarily to the Farmers Insurance Open every year and kind of just getting back into golf and kind of figuring some stuff out. The North course of the first round last year, they split them up. So half the players will play the South, half the North on Thursday, and then they'll switch on Friday and, and they'll go vice versa. But the North course of the opening round last year played, I believe, 2.3 shots less than the scoring average on the South course. So if you're looking to pick a first round leader and you're picking a guy who's on the South course, you are doing it wrong. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's something that we've seen, uh, you know, it's a huge trend and that's a really sharp thing. And absolutely pay attention if you're playing the showdown slates on DraftKings. You want to make sure you have that in your advantage and uh, for betting as well. I mean, the first round leaders um, and when you're sweating this stuff, make sure you understand where your golfers are relative to the North course and the South course. Should be a lot of fun. And I agree with you on total driving as well. I mean, this is, especially like you mentioned, the South course is just such a, you know, beast that you have to be accurate as well. So when you start looking at total driving stats, obviously you're going to see a lot of the, the big names up there. And there are a couple other guys that I think make sense. And specifically one guy that I, you know, everyone's going to be talking about, but I'm very curious to see how he drives the golf ball is Tiger Woods. So 
We know he's one of the best overall iron players, if not the best iron player still in the game. He's absolutely the best iron player in his prime. Uh, and the big thing for me with Tiger specifically is how well he's driving the golf ball. We saw some really encouraging things, uh, you know, kind of in the off season and uh, over there on the Asian tour. So I'm really excited to see how well Tiger plays. I still think Rory's the guy. Uh, a lot of players, I think, that we can look to, someone like Gary Woodland, who's uh, near the top of overall total driving. Players like that make a lot of sense to me. So with that, you know, starting at the top, do you have a preference out of these guys? I mean, Rory is by far the favorite if you're looking at odds. He's plus 585 um, in, a, in a book that I really respect. John Robb's plus 745. Tiger's plus 1051. And then there's a big drop off to Xander plus 1651. Nadecki plus 1706. Gary Woodland plus 2400. Uh, Justin Rose is right there as well, somewhere in the 18 to 21 range. Out of those top end guys, do you see any value solo or are you targeting any of these guys for DFS? There's not a ton of value. Rory is a guy that I'm just not going to have on the card this week. I'm not going to have him in lineups. I just think he's going to be uh, – first of all, I, I can't go that low on betting a favorite uh, in this type of field with so many big names. And secondly, I just think he's going to be too highly owned. I would expect some sort of 30 to 35% uh, in FanDuel and maybe in DraftKings as well. So uh, Rory to me is a guy that – Look, I love him. He can go out there and win any given week. It's a really good course for him, but he doesn't have the history necessarily here. I, I'm just going to skip over him and just hope he's a little rusty from uh, not playing for a couple of months. John Rahm is a, a guy that I will have in some DFS lineups. Again, probably won't bet him outright. Just it, the number's not quite there for me, but DFS-wise, I really like John Rahm on this golf course. He's proven uh, that he can win on this course. He won when he was outside the top 100 in the world, so uh, now that he's inside the top 10, he can certainly win. Another guy that can win really any week, any time. Let's get into Tiger a little bit because uh, I think when we look at Tiger, we tend to – sort of look at all the good things about Tiger. We tend to recall, hey, Tiger, Torrey Pines, dude, he always wins there. Seven career wins at the Farmers Insurance Open. Of course, he won the U.S. Open there back in 08. Tiger tears it up at this place. He loves this place. All right, well, let's go back. Last five times he's played here, we've got a 20th last year, a 23rd the year before. We've got an 80th in there, a missed cut, and a withdrawal. Uh, and it's not great. Um, I feel like Tiger, even though he played well during the offseason where he won the Zozo, played okay at the Hero, uh, played really well at the President's Cup, he, even though he did all of those things, I just I, I feel like he's a little rusty, Tiger. And we're recording this uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Tiger spoke at Torrey Pines about an hour and a half before we started recording this podcast. And uh, two things really got me, Peter. First of all, he said that he didn't play after the President's Cup until January 4th, took, uh, uh, what's that, about, about three weeks off, four weeks off uh, in between getting ready for the next tournament and getting ready for this year. That, that bothers me just a little bit. Yeah, he can, he can get things ready in, in a couple of weeks, but still, that's a long time to be away from uh, hitting balls out there. And the second thing is that that driver doesn't really sound like it's dialed in yet. He, he sounded a little pessimistic about having a new driver in his bag and exactly what he's doing with it. It sounded like he might switch some things out and he still wasn't quite sure of it. So, uh, you know, you take those two things, the fact that we're looking at guys who drive it really well at Torrey Pines and Tiger Woods right now isn't necessarily confident with the driver that he has in his bag. Those two things don't tell me that we should be very optimistic about Tiger, even though he's far and away uh, the all-time career money leader at this golf tournament, the all-time win leader, uh, obviously. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, and that's why I mentioned the driving. I'm very curious to see how it looks this week. And in the markets, I mean, he is definitely, you know, matched up against the other big guns. I mean, 
Rory's minus 202 versus him. You can get plus 171 on Tiger uh, versus John Rahm, minus 171, one plus 146. So he is certainly behind those guys. And depending on the book that you're looking at, you can find closer odds, you know, with like guys like Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose. I personally think he's going to be, he's very tough just in general to bet um, just because so many people want to bet on Tiger. There's certain times where I think he's a really good short. I'm, I'm a little torn this week specifically just because he does have all the previous success, but like you mentioned, the most recent years, you know, he just hasn't been the same. And that's obviously correlated with just the golfer that he's been. And I do expect big things, but uh, I'm sure Tiger's doing everything in his power to peak for the masters. I do think he's a, uh, a pretty good short in DFS and in the betting markets. Um, if you can find some good prices, I think it makes sense to short him. I do love John Rahm. I think he's my favorite of the top end guys. Uh, you know, Rory is obviously going to garner a lot of ownership and he's going to be a really, really long favorite, uh, you know, in the betting markets. I mean, he's a favorite versus everyone in the field and plus 585 is a crazy number considering the depth of this field. So I'm staying away in betting. Uh, I still think he's a really good DFS play, but I, I love John Rahm and, you know, going down, like on DraftKings, actually like building some of these balanced lineups. I really like Gary Woodland this week, who was second yes, in total sir. driving in 2019. He's only 9,500 on DraftKings. And I just think this is a really, really good course and setup for him. And getting the discount that you are is really, really nice. And, you know, I, I did, we talked about it. I generally don't do many outright bets, but uh, depending where you look, Gary Woodland has some of the widest range of uh, overall, you know, to win odds. Uh, you know, in some sharp books, he's in that 24, 25 to one range, but I have seen him over 30 to one. I even saw 35 to one, uh, which I think has been bet down in some places, but if you can search for a good price in Gary Woodland, he's kind of my favorite near the top end play. Uh, it sounds like you're high on, on Gary Woodland as well. He's in my top two. I've got one other guy that I like better. Really like Gary Woodland. He's a great course fit. Over the last handful of years, it, he's very consistent at Torrey Pines, but doesn't quite seriously contend the way we think he can. That said, he's coming back a different player right now. He's a major champion. I think he's got more confidence in himself. He's got more confidence in his game. Um, and, and I think that's going to translate to a really good week for Woodland this week. The guy I like even better. It was my pick to win last year. Coming off a fourth and a sixth place as two previous starts at this golf tournament. I had Tony Finau. He played well. I mean, three rounds of 69 and then a closing 70. Finished in 13th place. You know, you can't really hang your head over that and say, oh, man, I, you know, I was totally wrong on Tony Finau. He played well. And, look, I get if you've been betting Tony Finau as an outright pick over the last handful of years, you're out a lot of money because he doesn't win. He's won one career event that was – four or five years ago in an opposite field event with really not a whole lot of competition in there. At some point, Tony Finau is going to start winning golf tournaments. He is just that good. And this is a perfect place for him. He's a former junior world champion at Torrey Pines. In fact, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but Peter, since 2000, there are a few others in the field, Tiger, Phil notably, but since 2000, I've counted up seven players in the field this week who won the junior worlds at Torrey Pines. If, If that means something to you, those guys, Tony like Finau, Jason Day, Dylan Fratelli, Grayson Murray, who played really well last week, Emiliano Grio, Bo Hostler, and Joaquin Neiman, who's getting a lot of talk this week as well. So um, if you're looking to fill out some DFS lineups, if you're looking to, for some bets, those are some names that I, I kind of like some of those guys anyway, but then knowing the history, knowing that you know these guys were course fits back when they were 14 years old and winning world championships at Torrey Pines – I think that means a lot. I think it means a lot to go back and have those good vibes. So 
I like those guys. Uh, uh, Fino and Woodland are absolutely on my radar this week. And a guy who hasn't played well, but he's a San Diego native. And again, I just feel like the law of averages, maybe uh, the past results will keep him from being uh, higher owned on DFS. But Xander Shoffley is too good not to take him. At some point, Xander Shoffley is going to start playing some really good golf. It's a great course fit for him. It doesn't make sense other than maybe there's some, some, some more pressure on him uh, on that narrative street coming back home to San Diego and trying to play his best golf, but only one made cut in four career starts at this golf tournament. I, I, I'd be surprised. I'd be close to shocked if, if Sander Shoffley does not make the cut and at least make some noise this week. So I, I like him as well. And uh, I throw in a Hideki Matsuyama's got a really good record. In fact, keeps getting better every single year and hit the ball really well two weeks ago with the Sony Open. Yeah, he really did. And I think he's a really strong player and he's getting a lot of respect from the markets. And I couldn't agree more on the Tony Fee now. Just liked his body language as well. He did some interviews um, out at the American Express and certainly is hitting the ball a lot better. You know, his driving is just such a huge weapon. And I think that's critical. I mean, you look at the total driving stats, he's right up there. Uh, I mentioned Gary Woodland. Our boy, Brendan Steele, is someone who also uh, has been driving the golf ball amazing. He's one of the guys I'm looking at. He ended up doing – did he crack top 20 last week, Sobel? No, he wound up falling like 41st. He was actually making a run at the title. I mean, at some point, through six holes, he was four under for the round through six holes, hit his tee shot on seven into the water, hit two more tee shots into the water in his last 12 holes, wound up like 40th, 41st, something like that. Ah, bummer. I, I was watching him closely, and I know he's right there. And, you know, I've been really encouraged just by his total driving. He's currently ranked number one on this season in total driving, um, which obviously is skewed. He played really well at the Sony. And uh, outside of, looks like Sunday, he played really well off the tee. Uh, so I do think he's another interesting guy kind of in that low to mid-tier. He's only 7,100 on DraftKings. Another play that is, he's been polarizing, and he's been up and down. Uh, but had really good play, especially on Sunday. It was Bud Colley, who I think is another guy that sets up extremely well at this course. He's had some strong line movement early in the week, so he's someone I'm looking at at 7,600. I called Kokrak last week. He ended up missing the game. Oh, me too. Uh, yeah. I what really a whiff by us. I know. <laughs> I know. We got a little grief on Twitter about Kokrak, um, but I think this is a really good course for him as well. I mean, just in terms of total driving, He's near the top. He has huge power. So I'm looking at guys like that. And then one comment I will make uh, in DFS, if you can find players that you think are, are good plays that aren't necessarily bombers, most people are going to load up on just the big guns uh, in this event. And you can actually have a contrarian lineup uh, by looking for guys who might not be quite as long off the tee because most people are looking specifically for those bombers. So I'm looking at guys that, uh, you know, especially in tournaments like Emiliano Grillo, uh, who fits, yeah. you know, he also yeah. won. Like you said, the, the junior thing. And uh, he's someone who still ends up pretty high in total driving just because he's so accurate. So he's a player that I'm looking at as well. What are you thinking about like kind of the mid-range here uh, in terms of uh, betting and DFS? All right, so three things based off that. First of all, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, a guy like Brant Snedeker is the perfect sort of example that you don't necessarily have to fly at 320 in the air to have some success. Brant Snedeker has won this golf tournament, obviously did it with extreme weather conditions, but he's played well uh, at other years, uh, other editions of this tournament as well. So Brant Snedeker is a guy that you might want to look at if you're looking for a little contrarian pick, but a guy who's played well. As far as total driving, looking down the list of Guys who drive it really well have been driving it well this season and might be nice course fits here. Gary Woodland right near the top of there. I'm going down the list right now. Scotty Scheffler, who we saw play really well last week. Jonathan Vegas uh, could be a nice 
Nice little pick, probably uh, in the single-digit percentages owned on DFS. Brandon Seal, we mentioned. Harris English has played really nicely this year. Emiliano Grio just mentioned him as well. Matthew Wolf always drives it really, really well. Jason Kokrak, another guy that we had last week. Cameron Champ. Cameron Champ is a guy that I think is very interesting. Peter, we saw him win his first PGA Tour event late in 2018, part of the 18-19 season, and immediately – I mean, everybody was all over Cameron Champ. His odds were uh, dropping by the minute because everyone thought he was going to be the next Brooks Koepka, Dustin Johnson, be a top 10 player in the world in, in like minutes, and it just didn't happen for him. And he played, admittedly, pretty poorly the rest of last season. Well, this season he came back, won the Safeway Open in the fall, missed the cut his next week, but he's made the cut in seven straight events and, and I believe uh, has finished top 35 in each of those, and yet – the odds haven't really gone down. It's almost like fool me once, shame on you, fool me once, fool me twice, shame on me. And uh, I think that's part of the rationale for why Cameron Champs basically still got some value. And, and this guy's a really good young player, hits it a long way. So I, I like Cameron Champ a lot this week. Uh, if you look, especially matchups, if you look at matchups, I, I was going through it. I've got to pick up my favorite matchup for our uh, staff picks that we do on the Action Network and in the app every single week, and I was looking for a matchup, I found Cameron Champ at minus 105 against Lonto Griffin. I, look, I love the Lonto Griffin story. One Houston, sort of a rags-to-riches tale. Really cool. I think he's got a good future on the PGA Tour, but he is no Cameron Champ. And for Cameron Champ to be the dog in that matchup, I, I think there's a tremendous value on him. And one other name sort of in that mid-tier that I'll mention Nick Watney is almost like a free bingo square in DFS. Nick Watney, not priced very highly, but he's won this golf tournament before. He's got a handful of other top 10 finishes. He's playing well. He was uh, in semi-contention last week. Not serious contention, but got himself on the leaderboard at times during last week. I think Nick Watney, a California kid, could be a really nice play again this week. Yeah, I was going to bring up Cameron Champ later uh, for our DraftKings lineup. I think he's a great call. I mean – He's the longest guy out there. Uh, we watched him at the waste management hitting the ball uh, out of the range, which was just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it, you know, next to guys like JT and some other big hitters, he's just a full standard deviation longer than basically everyone on tour. And I think this is a, another good setup for him, obviously, with the longer course. And his current form is really, really good. And in DraftKings, I mean, the guy is a birdie-making machine. So I think Cameron Champ is a really strong call. And he's only 7,800 on DraftKings. I love that matchup. A couple other guys, just quickly, Colin Morikawa is a big favorite versus Jason Day. He's only mm-hmm. 8,900 on DraftKings. I think he is just as consistent as they come, a cash game consideration for sure. And I'd say the same thing about Sung J.M., who seems to play every week and seems to play well every single week. Uh, and we've been high on him throughout on this podcast. I think he's another really intriguing play at 9,100. So there's a lot of different ways you can go. Tournaments should be awesome. Pay attention to the weather. Uh, and obviously, you know, the splits on the courses is going to be huge. So make sure you're accounting for that. Like Jason mentioned, uh, and the showdown slates as well as uh, first round leader bets and things of that nature. A couple of final thoughts here too, Jason, uh, you know, as we go down, you mentioned Vegas as one of your, your guys that you think could make some noise uh, as like kind of a cheap guy. I'm going to go to Dylan Fratelli as well. I know he missed the cut at the Sony Open, but uh, there's a couple stats that I'm looking at that are actually pretty interesting to me. Specifically, he's a good driver of the golf ball. He's won here in the past. So I think he's another guy that only 7K uh, makes sense in the cheap range. And then there's a couple other ones, you know, Grayson Murray, who's starting to turn it around a little bit. He's obviously volatile. Yeah, I like that one. 
he, he missed three cuts before the American Express, but he, he had a top 10 last week. So he's another one. These are obviously, you know, longer shots, but uh, I think there's certainly some value. And if you want to build, you know, these star scrub lineups, I think it makes a lot of sense. I was looking at Keith Mitchell as well, but uh, he has historically not played as well in California. And that's something that I'm digging into more. A lot of these guys, you know, play well in certain spots uh, on the tour. And Keith Mitchell historically has not done as well, uh, you know, on the California swing. So even though he has a lot of the stats I'm looking at, he is not done as well in California. So any final thoughts on the cheap end before we build a DraftKings lineup? There's one guy in DraftKings who I think is monumentally undervalued, but I got to tell you, Peter, you're, you're going to want to go earmuffs on this. You're not going to want to listen to this. It's your least favorite uh-huh. guy. He's, he's a friend of the Action Network, a friend of the pod. He's going to come on with us at some point Keegan. soon. Keegan. Freaking Keegan just totally boned me on the weekend. I'm getting better at every aspect of my game. My game. I go out and hit it this way, that it's, it's just not going to come off strong. I hate fucking Keegan Bradley. You named it. It's it's Keen is seventy two hundred on DraftKings this week. Is a really really solid player. Drives the golf ball really well. He was top five here two years ago. I, I'm not sure what else you want. I mean, I'm looking here. Let me let me call up Keegan on DraftKings before we start making our lineup real quick. Keegan is a guy who is below. Let's see, Keegan at seventy three hundred. He's below Joel Damon. He's below Bubba Watson. He's below Russell Knox. He's below Lonto Griffin. He's below Billy Horschel. I, I don't get it. I, I would put him above any of those guys, uh, no matter the cost, even if they were all the same price. But if you put Keegan at lower than any of those guys, I think he's a slam dunk play in your DraftKings lineup, at least this week. The numbers back that up. He is a minus 132 favorite for Phil Mickelson, who obviously missed the cut, but that is a, a big number on Keegan, and uh, he has the course history. And there have been stretches. Uh, you know, Keegan, really what's held him back has been the putter relatively. He is one of the absolute best drivers of the golf ball, great ball striker, and I think that's a, a really strong call. As always, so let's, let's build a DraftKings lineup here. Let's do this thing. Uh, you want me to start? I will start. I can't start unless I, I go right back to what I just said. I can't go Keegan's the most undervalued guy on the board, and I love Keegan this week, and then say, well – Let's leave Keegan out there. So I, I'm going to start. I'm going to take Keegan, and I know you're not going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I actually like it this week. I I, oh. I think Keegan's going to rank really well in the models, and uh, he already is on Fantasy Labs. So I like the Keegan call quite a bit. I think there's a lot of things working in, in, in his favor. I'll go a little bit up in price. I'm going to go Gary Woodland, who's one of my overall favorite plays at 9,500. Mentioned it before, just a perfect course fit for him. Uh, right there is, you know, depending on which stats you're looking at, he's right there as the overall top driver of the golf ball. And uh, I think this is just a really good setup. And his price has really moved already on Tuesday. Uh, and like I mentioned before, if you are betting on Woodland, shop around because uh, there's some, some strong movement and there's still a couple sale lines uh, on Gary Woodland. I'm going to say ditto to all of that with my guy who basically fits all the same parameters. And uh, if you're going to take your favorite play on the board at 9,500, I'm going to take my favorite play on the board at 9,300. That's Tony Finau. Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, I feel like we didn't give enough uh, love to Scotty Scheffler, who uh, maybe I'll leave him for you, but that's someone else we should have talked a little bit more. I mean, he played so well last week and he's got some serious firepower. Uh, it's yeah. really cool watching these events, you know, seeing the ball speed and everything. I mean, he was, you know, way past Fowler uh, on a lot of those drives. So I think he's another interesting play. I will leave him there, but uh, I'm going to continue on this Bombers thread. And uh, Cameron Champ is someone I was going to take already, 7,800. I think that fits our lineup perfectly. We'll have a little over 8,000 for two players. 
So I'm taking Cameron Champ. And we, I mean, listen to this lineup, so we got Bradley, Woodland, Finau, and Champ. I mean, we got four of the longest sitters out there, which I think bodes well. My only problem with this lineup so far is that it looks just like every other lineup I've made so far this week. So I, I am. We need something. We need something contrarian here. We need something contrarian. It's I don't know how contrarian it is, but I, I still, I, we will find out this week how much people listen to the podcast, how much people read my stuff, my preview each week, because I've been touting Nick Watney, and, and I don't think that Nick Watney is a guy that a lot of people are going to jump on. He's not a sexy pick, but he's played really well, as I said earlier on this golf course. He's Priced at 7200 it's a really good price for Nick Watney. I'm all in on Nick Watney. I'm going to leave you some money to go out there and get a really nice player with that sixth position. Yeah, I like the Nick Watney call quite a bit. I mean, this is definitely a course history play, and he's, he's playing pretty well. I mean, there are some classic. He had a 14th finish. I uh, did well at the American Express. Uh, so I think that's a, a really strong call. I'm tempted to leave some money on the table. And uh, as we we're finishing up here, one other guy who's had strong line movement, and just really uh, a big jump in his career. I mean, Ryan Palmer has been playing lights out now for a while. I mean, yeah. he was such a strong player before and then had that lull uh, where he had some injury issues and just wasn't playing as well. And now he's really found his game, finished fourth at the Sony Open. Uh, he's ranking well and it's had strong live movement and is a pretty big favorite in some of his matchups. So he's interesting. He's 8K. That'd be leaving 900 that- on the table. Yeah, that said, you've got 8,900 on the board, and you've got some absolute studs. I got my, my two guys. 8,800, and I'd skip over 8,700 Cameron Smith off a win and go right to 8,600 with another Lock stud. I mean, there, there are three studs right there, and I'm, I'm talking I'll, – I'll even say it. Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman. You could add any of those three to the lineup right now. So tough. <laughs> Scheffler was chalky last week, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that he's going to be chalky again, and uh, I'm going to go with Morikawa, who – you know, he will garner ownership at certain times, but I just think he's still a little underrated relative to Wolf. And, uh, you know, Hovland's obviously not, you know, competing in these events right now, but I think he'll be up here soon. And I think Morikawa just doesn't get the love for how consistent he's been. I mean, you look at his game log, he's just uh, making every cut and uh, finishing high. And I think he's uh, a really nice fit here as well. So we'll spend all the money with Colin Morikawa, our lineup. To finalize here, we have Gary Woodland at 9,500, Tony Finau at 9,300, Kamwar Kawa at 8,900, Cameron Champ 7,800, Keegan Bradley 7,300, 7, and Jason's big call this week, Nick Watney at 7,200. Jason, your final thoughts uh, on this week? Well, looking at that lineup right there, and I think this is going to be consistent with a lot of what we see this week. We've got six guys who can absolutely mash it off the tee. I mean, I know guys like Cameron Champ and Gary Woodland get all the headlines, but go go look at Nick Watney. Go look at Keegan Bradley. These are guys that are not short hitters. So you want guys that can mash it off the tee. And secondly, these are all guys that have had success on the West Coast. We've got three guys who are California natives in Champ, Morikawa, and Watney, and then other guys, Woodland from Kansas, but he's played really well on the West Coast. Keegan Bradley uh, from New England, but he's played really well in California before. So we've got guys that tend to play some of their best golf early in the year and on the West Coast. I like this a lot. I think it's a really, really great lineup. And uh, while we're waiting for the Super Bowl, which is going to be awesome, make sure to check out all of our content at the Action Network. There's going to be player props. There's so many ways to bet it. In DFS, there's three millionaire makers for the Super Bowl. So Everyone's excited for that, but we have this week where there's not as much going on, and this golf tournament has my full attention, and I think it should have your full attention. There's huge tournaments on DraftKings and FanDuel, so it should be a lot of fun, and 
I love the analysis. So we've done a lot of great work and I think we're uh, poised for a really good week. Hopefully we get uh, really hot with uh, a winner here. And I think a winner could easily be in this DFS lineup. So I absolutely think so. And, and Peter, for those who have listened for the last half hour, and if you're still hedging a little bit, say, well, no, I don't want to get into golf really right now, just yet. Still football's not over. You're not betting the Pro Bowl. You're not doing anything with that. There's no football going on. You're going to watch this. You want to see Tiger. You want to see Rory. Have a little action on it. I'm telling you, you're going to get hooked for those non-golf people out there that think that, you know, golf is a sport that I can't really, I can't bet on golf. It's just, you know, guys hitting ball. Trust me, you're going to absolutely love it this week. Yeah. I think golf is the best sweat there is. I'm already itching for the Masters. I think this is going to be a great week with some really big names. And uh, I love playing DFS golf. It's, it's easily my favorite sport now, and it should be a lot of fun. And, Imagine betting the Pro Bowl instead of having action on the Farmers Insurance Open. That would be a big mistake. So, Jason, as always, a lot of fun. Good luck to all the listeners out there, and we hope to see you guys at the top of the leaderboard and cash in your bets. We're finished talking. <laughs> 